You're listening to The Living Word with Danny Hodges of Calvary Chapel Fellowship in St. Pete. Listen, think about the failure. And this is not an excuse. This is not, you know, oh, I can go and do it. And I didn't, Jesus Christ will forgive me. That's not the idea. But listen, what was the failure? Sexual sin is covered. Adultery, covered. Lying, covered. Murder. You mean a Christian can commit murder? Ask Moses. Ask King David. Blessed is the man, David wrote, blessed is the man whose sin the Lord will not hold against him. It's hard to wrap your mind around the scale of God's grace. As humans, there are certain sins that we have a really hard time forgiving, and for good reason. Some sins have more of an outward impact, while others may only affect the individual carrying them out. Yet even the worst sin that you can think of, Jesus stands ready to offer redemption for it. As Pastor Danny explains in today's message, Jesus suffered through the cross to bring forgiveness for you, no matter what you've done. Now here's Pastor Danny in the book of 1 John chapter 1 with today's edition of The Living Word. He said, it is written. That's how he gained the victory. It is written. It's the Word of God. I write this to you so that you will not sin. But it doesn't stop there. But if anybody does sin, we've been there. All of us have been there. We failed. But if anybody does sin, we have one who speaks to the Father in our defense. Jesus Christ the righteous one. Did you read that? Do you get the full impact of that? Listen, you talk about a defense lawyer and he's not going to send you a bill. His whole bill was paid at the cross. He paid the bill for us. I mean, my goodness, you talk about a defense lawyer. We fail, but if we're just willing to own up to it now and confess, Jesus Christ will go before the father and say, dad, father, we got that one covered. What was the failure? Now listen, listen, think about the failure. And this is not an excuse. This is not, oh, I can go and do it. And then Jesus Christ will forgive me. That's not the idea. But listen, what was the failure? Sexual sin is covered. Adultery, covered. Lying, covered. Murder. You mean a Christian can commit murder? Ask Moses. Ask King David. Blessed is the man, David wrote, blessed is the man whose sin the Lord will not hold against him. You talk about a defense lawyer. When I fail, if I'm willing to own up to it, Jesus Christ, my defense lawyer, your defense lawyer, goes before the Father and says, Father, we got that one covered. Forgive them. Let's restore them. It doesn't mean, depending on the sin, there might not be scars. You know, the deeper the cut. But the forgiveness, the the fellowship is restored. The forgiveness is there. The peace that you once had. The joy that, that you've lost. What a defense lawyer. Now, verse 2. Don't miss this verse 2. And if you're a Calvinist, listen up very carefully. And I'm not trying to slander or make fun of anybody. Listen, but listen, I don't know what a Calvinist does with this one. He is the atoning sacrifice for our sins, and not only for ours. He's talking about Christians, but also for the sins of the whole world. What do you do with that? It's not limited atonement. But I'll just leave that one laying there based on that one verse. There are a lot of other ones like it. The sins of the whole world. Listen, anybody can be forgiven because Jesus Christ's sacrifice covered the, the, everybody's sin. Listen, it's unto all and upon all those that believe. Uh, unto all 
and upon all them that believe. Don't talk to me about any limited atonement. I think somebody was just offended. I didn't mean to offend you, but I... Great challenge of the Christian life. Not allowing sin to get a hold of us. And uh, if we keep it hidden, it's got us. It's got us. The privilege of confession is because God wants to forgive and he wants to purify and he wants to restore and he wants us to walk in the light and have the fullness of fellowship and the fullness of joy. That's what he wants. Here's what the Proverbs says. Uh, Whoever conceals his sin does not prosper, but the one who confesses and renounces them finds mercy. You know what mercy is? Mercy is not getting what we deserve. That's mercy. Grace is getting what we don't deserve. So God's not only merciful, he's gracious. He'll not only not treat us as, a, as we deserve to be treated, he'll treat us in ways we don't, he'll, he'll give us things. He'll shower us with blessing. Amazing, amazing God. Unfortunately, the record in Scripture is filled with people who chose to hide their sin rather than come clean before God. The, the Bible opens that way. Go with me on a little journey here. Go all the way back to the book of beginnings, the book of Genesis. Genesis chapter 3. God creates the first two human beings, Adam and Eve. Uh, he marries them. Uh, they're married now. They're in paradise. Uh, I mean, they, it, it, can you imagine? <laughs> can you imagine? And uh, God says, enjoy paradise. But there's one tree now you can't eat from, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. All the other trees in the garden, you can have at it, you know, enjoy. But one tree, and God put it right in the middle of the garden. And verse 6 says this, when the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good, uh, for food and pleasing to the eye, and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and ate it. She also gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate it. Then the eyes of both of them were open, and they realized they were naked. So they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. And every time I go through it, I have to point out uh, they were in a hurry because if you've ever felt a fig leaf, they're not fruit of the loom. And they were in a hurry to cover their nakedness up. And verse 8, Then the man and his wife uh, heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and they hid from the Lord God. This time, when I read through it again uh, yesterday, the day before, one of those days, so, so recently, uh, I, I took my red pen and I, and I underlined, hid from the Lord God. And then I sat and thought about it again. It's just like I do every time. They hid from the Lord God. That's amazing. It, it would even be recorded like that. Hide and seek. I mean, here, here's God. Where did they go? Where are they? They hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. So here they are, got the fig leaves on. Ouch. And they're hiding behind the trees. But the Lord God called to the man. Called to the man. Where are you? God didn't know where he was. God knew exactly where they were. Come on. Where are you? He asked the question for man's sake. He knows exactly what's happened. He knows where they are. He sees them. Remember what Jesus said to Nathaniel when they went and told Nathaniel, uh, we found the Christ. Who is it? Jesus of Nazareth. Can anything good come out of Nazareth? And then he meets Jesus, and Jesus says, oh, behold, an Israelite in whom is no guile. Now, I think he was being a little sarcastic. I don't know that. But the, the point is, uh, he said, how do you know me? He says, before they called you, I saw you under the fig tree. The fig tree. Well, similar to this, doesn't it? I saw you under the fig tree. And whatever Nathaniel was doing under that fig tree, he didn't think any, he knew. He didn't think anybody else knew he was what he was doing. I don't know what he doesn't say what he was doing. But then he believed. He said, Well, you must be the Son of God. You know about me under the fig tree. Where are you? 
And I love the answer. First husband, first husband on the planet. Here's the question. Where are you? And he answered, I heard you in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked. So I hid. And he said, who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree that I commanded you not to eat from? Now that's a pretty, that's a question you can understand. (laughs) Have you eaten from the tree that I told you not to eat from? And the man said, first husband, here's his answer. The woman you put here with me. She gave me some fruit from the tree and I ate it. It never gets old. Every time I go through it, and every, no matter how many times you've been through it with me, you're still laughing. Because you go, what an answer. The woman, it's her fault. But listen, he's not just blaming his wife. He's blaming God. The woman you gave me, you gave me the wrong one. If you would have given me the right woman, this would never happen. And now I'm stuck with her. You married us. And I know you want divorces. Now, before we start throwing darts too, too much at the man, keep reading. Then the Lord God said to the woman, what is this you have done? And the woman said, the serpent, serpent deceived me. And I ate. It, both of those answers are attempted cop-outs. What's God looking for? He's looking for a confession. Not it's her fault. Not it's the devil's fault. No. What did you do? What did you do? You're right. No buts. No excuses. I mean, my goodness, <laughs> well, they're in paradise. You can't b- blame it on their environment. <laughs> if you keep going to the right, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, and then Joshua. Joshua chapter 6. A whole generation of Israelites have wandered in the wilderness for 40 years. They would not mature in faith. They kept grumbling, complaining, so they never experienced the blessings of the promised land. Now, Joshua is leading them. The first stop in the promised land is Jericho. Um, God says to them, chapter 6, verse 18, very specifically, but keep away from the devoted things so that you will not bring about your own destruction by taking any of them. Uh, These things he's talking about, any of the valuables, the gold, the silver, uh, the jewelry, the clothing, whatever it is. Now, there's a principle there. God gets the first fruits. That's why God said, look, that stuff's mine because God always gets the first fruits. At least he should. All right, that's the principle. Uh, You look in chapter 7, and what happens in chapter 7 is God gives them the victory in Jericho, and then they send just basically a small number of men compared to what they had in Jericho for AI and they get their tails whipped in AI. John 3.16 shares that we know love because He, that is Jesus, laid down His life for us. Jesus didn't have to do this. He was well situated in heaven with the Father, enjoying the perfect life that exists there. But Jesus knew the depth of love that the Father has for His creation, and He Himself shares that heartfelt compassion. Your Savior came to earth willingly, knowing that He'd be ridiculed, mocked, and sent to die a painful death. He did this for you so that you too could one day know the perfection of heaven and the blessing of dwelling with Him for eternity. Would you like to know more about how you can have a personal relationship with Jesus? Please send us an email at info at ccfstpete.church. That's info at ccfstpete.church.
www.thelivingword.church. We'd be honored to tell you more. We're so glad that you tuned in today to The Living Word. If you live in the St. Petersburg area, we want to meet you too. Come by Calvary Chapel Fellowship on Saturdays at 6 p.m. or Sundays at 9 or 11 a.m. to worship the Lord and learn from His Word. Be sure to stop Pastor Danny and let him know that you're a listener. You'll find more information and directions at ccfstpete.church. If you can't join us in person, you can still be a part of our virtual congregation. Tune into our live stream at ccfstpete.church. That's all we have for today. Tune in next time for another edition of The Living Word. The power.